send me, send me to something where I feel like, you know, the people are smiling and the nurses are pleasant, the doctors are nice, you know, where they got a nice, you know, kitchen downstairs, you know. You, you, you want to go somewhere where it's nice. This is a great place to be. But can I tell somebody in this room that just because people are here in this great place doesn't mean that people don't die. There's some people that get better, there's some people that don't. And just because you're in the presence of doctors does not mean that you have no responsibility. If you're going to live, you have to receive what God has given you. Amen? Amen. God bless you all in Jesus' name. shake hands, greet each other in Jesus' name, and we're going to worship the Lord in about just a few moments.
Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you could all stand. Amen. So happy each and every one of you here for your first time. We welcome you to life. Amen. So happy that you've chosen to worship with us today. We're just going to open in prayer. A little different this morning, but God's going to have his way. Just believe the Lord that something's amazing is going to happen. Amen. God of heaven, we love you today. God, we thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you, God, for your mercy. We thank you, God, for your presence. God, that we feel in this house. God, we thank you, God, for your for your glory, God, that has come into this room. God, as a result of, of the first service. God, we pray, God, that you would just have your way, God, in this house today. God, we ask you to open up the windows of heaven. God, and just pour out your blessings. God, pour out your spirit. God, upon every heart, upon every mind. God, we thank you today because you're faithful. Lord, because you're good, you're just, you're holy, you're righteous. There's nobody like you, Jesus. God, and we honor you today. God, we pray today, God, that you would receive our praise. God, that you would just receive our worship. God, that, that it would be pleasing, God, before you today. God, that our hearts and our minds, God, would be in the proper position, the proper place, God, today. God, to receive a word from you. God, let someone's heart today, God, be changed. God, I pray that the waters of baptism, God, today would be troubled. God, I pray that you would fill those that need, God, your presence, need your spirit. God, that you would fill them today, God, with your presence. God, I pray that you would just begin to move and flow in this house. God, I pray that your gifts, God, would operate freely, God, among your people. God, help us, God, to be sensitive. God, to the moving and the flowing, God, of your spirit today. God, we love you. God, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. Can we just love him just for a few moments this morning, church? Come on, he's been good. Has he been good? He woke you up. You're here. You may not be in your right mind, but you're here. That's a start. God, I thank you today. God, I love you. God, I give you praise. God, for your praise. 
Watch him work it for your good. He's not done with what he started. He's not done until it's good.
in Jesus' name. Now, it's exciting. Today, it is 2014, 2024. And, uh, I still think like 2024. And I believe in 2024, God is going to pour out a double portion. Now, what that means, Brother Hurt preached on the Spirit and walking in the Spirit earlier this morning, and that's what I believe, that God wants to pour out a double portion of I do want to quickly, if you don't have one of these, many of you were here at our New Year's service and you received one. If not, there are some out at the giving station just outside the door. But I just want to give you, as we're looking at 2024, I just want to share very quickly uh, the accomplishments of 2023. And after that, uh, we're going to have revival. But I just, just want everybody to know. So in 2023, Life won the Best of Liberty Church and Pastor for 2023. Our old and new vans were lettered. Our 930 services were started. We began the 930 services. And we had two baptisms in the 930 services. We had a total of 49 people baptized in Jesus' name that's recorded in 2023. We had 21 that we know of Holy Ghost filled. And our average attendance through the year grew by 47 people. Compared to 2022, our average Sunday attendance was 171, and in 2023, it's 218. I can't wait to see what 2024 is going to hold. Our annual leaders retreat had its largest attendance. Our worship ministry started a music mentorship program, held two music worship workshops. Sister C was offering piano lessons. We purchased a new keyboard. That was insurance related. Uh, praise team learned 15 new songs and grew by three members. A children's choir was restarted by Sister Janice. The children's sign team ministered in several services. Fireworks and praise service held on July 4th. First worship night, sound and media, additional staff and extra equipment, decor, excel, sign team ministered to several services. You can hold your applause when I finish. Let's just give a hand for all that was done. You belong here painted on the back sanctuary wall, new back foyer mural, new front back foyer monitor purchase, logo added outside the kitchen wall, coffee shop, excel. We purchased an espresso maker and started making true... Uh, uh, what do you call them? Lattes in the coffee shop. Wow, it grew. And uh, with new, new supplies and new things, we had a full kitchen remodel that probably twenty to $24,000 worth of cabinets and 
tops were donated and much of the labor donated uh, for a brand new kitchen. Praise God. Ladies ministry hosted multiple breakaways with fellowship, Bible chats, and women in action classes were started. Firm Foundation had five graduates. Social media increased by 289%. Sister Fowler took, had taken that over this year with Samantha helping her at the beginning. Our children's ministry grew by 40%, branched out to three age groups. Children's ministry conference attended by staff. Youth ministry grew by 50%. A new youth leader was appointed, Sister Christy Lynn. 20 youth hyphen attended NAYC in St. Louis. 14 youth and hyphen participated in the Hinesville Christmas Parade. Our food bank fed a total of 714 families this year with 2,149 adults and children. We distributed 41,653.47 pounds of food. And they felt every bit of that 0.47 pounds. Sick and shut-in food train was implemented and blessed several families during times of heaviness. Our uh, Caring in Action ministry added a new member. Our first Connect Sunday was held. Our prison ministry had doors open to minister with more liberty to prisoners, which resulted in prayer with one inmate with laying on of hands, and they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Live in Focus had five new people come. One person completed a 12-step program and went through the book by Victor Jackson, A Word for the Broken. Our counseling ministry provided individual, couple, family, and pastoral counseling, helping 20 individuals and families resolve conflicts and heal wounds in the local church. We helped 10 families with crisis intervention, and that was the local church and in the UPCI. Helps 10 church families with crisis intervention, depression, anxiety, marriage, and relationship issues, and other mental health challenges. Uh, Pastor Parks wrote an article in the Pentecostal Life magazine entitled Practical Approach to Mental Health Issues in the Local Church. And Dr. Parks received his fully accredited licensed, licensed professional counselor. Our family ministries taught 11 family home Bible studies. Brother and Sister Munden, our family pastors, four enrichment, marriage enrichment engagements, one military life group sponsored trip to North Carolina, a new singles leader appointed, Sister Jacqueline, a new hearing impaired leader appointed, Sister Lauren Blonde. Divorce care was restarted with leaders Chuck and Sherry Ellison. Nine life Bible study Zoom sessions held by Pastor Munden. Marriage ministry quarterly date nights took place. A three-day renewed prayer conference took place with several baptisms. I believe 16 in that one conference and Holy Ghost infillings. And that was led by Brother and Sister Gary and Rena Duvall and Sister Crystal Irving. Our annual foster care Christmas party was hosted at Life with Sister Duvall and Mommy and Me held several events by Sister Heather Fowler. I didn't want this day to go by without you recognizing some of the many blessings and things and ministry that went forward this past year. Let's give each and every one a great hand. Thank you for all that you did this year. Praise God. Now let's stand. Let's just lift our voice and shout to God that he was able to do all through us. We were his hands and feet, but he did it. We give you praise, God. We thank you, Lord, and we exalt you in Jesus' name. Amen. If 2023 was that good, I can't wait to see what he's going to do in 2024. And more specifically, what he's going to do.
today. Amen. We're looking forward to having Reverend George Hurt with us. He's going to be with us now. And then tomorrow night at 6.30 and Tuesday at 6.30. You don't want to miss a single service. Brother and Sister Hurt and their son are all with us today. And uh, so I want you to give him a great hand. His evangelist, George Hurt, comes and ministers to us today in this service. chapter 5, if I can get some volume on this speaker right here. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. It says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. And cried with a loud voice, said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of David, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God, thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of that man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. You know the story. Basically the spirits entered into the swine and killed them all and 
cost some people a lot of money and they didn't want to beat Jesus up. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this word. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We pray, Lord, this night, this day, Lord, that your will would be done. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we will respond. Help us to respond properly, appropriately to your word. I pray for the hearts of the people that are here. Lord, that the word that is being sown is received. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. The Word of God uh, is a two-edged sword. And uh, I found that the Word of God has an ability to change uh, people's lives. Uh, but we also know that the Word of God is a seed. We find in the Scripture where there is a parable dealing with the seed sower. And the seed sower went out to sow seeds in the field. And some of the seed that fell on what we would call stony ground. And then there was that seed that fell by the wayside on the stony ground. And then there was that seed that fell among thorns. And then there was a seed that fell, but it didn't really have much depth to it. Then there was a seed that fell upon good ground. So I found that in life, when it comes down to ministering to people, that hearts of men in this world are divided up into four different kinds of hearts. You can have, I believe they're talking about we may be approaching 9 billion or 8 billion people on the earth. And that number is climbing. With all the billions of people that have walked the face of this earth, you have four kind of hearts. I can't remember how many blood types we have. But I do know that we only have Few blood types for so many kind of people. And if a person was sick and needed a blood transfusion, we would immediately, the doctors would immediately pull blood that they received from some blood bank. And before they would inject that blood into the individual that needs it, they would make sure that the blood type that they need is a blood type that they're going to be giving. But nevertheless, just like there are many different kind of blood types, but only few, there are many different kinds of hearts, but there's only a few. And I'm beginning to see that um, a lot of what goes on with an individual's heart and their response, a lot of what goes on to the response to what God is speaking has a lot to do 
with people's hearts. And, you know, when it's over and done, uh, people make their own decisions. And there is no one that can force anyone to obey God. And no matter how much I try to have a godly home and try to be a godly individual, I myself cannot force my family to serve God. It is a decision and it is a choice. I remember years ago I heard an individual make the statement, he said that, you know, he has failed if his whole, if he saves the whole world and his family ends up lost. I would like to attest to that. Because no one has the authority to override someone's will to choose. And if God is not going to force his will on someone else, neither can we force our will upon them as well. I want you to hear me out today. Because I'm going to take my time. I don't need you to preach with me. I need you to hear me. That means that sometimes people like get behind the preachers, push to preach. I don't need you to push me. I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. Um, but nevertheless, you've got people that hear the word of God. And um, you've got these hearts that are there. And I found out once again that I can't make somebody serve God. I can create the culture, I can create the environment, I can do my responsibility as a husband. I can do my responsibility as a father. And I myself have a responsibility to make sure that the scripture says, Husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. The Holy Ghost must be the influencer in how I love my wife and in how I love my children. And in doing that, if for some reason they decide that they're going to go opposite of what God planned, it is not the failure of the one that submitted themselves to God. I remember years ago I heard a preacher say that if Adam would have been doing his job, Eve never would have ate the tree. They don't understand God's word and they don't understand God and they definitely didn't read Adam. Because the Bible declares that when he gave it to, when she ate of the tree, the Bible says that she gave the fruit to her husband that was with her. 
So Adam was right there when she ate it. But Adam did not usurp authority that was not given to him by God to force a decision upon his wife that she had a choice to choose from. To the point where Adam sat there and he watched. And just like God sits back and he watches. And just like God will not force us to make a decision. God is not wanting us to force others to make a decision. Now at the same time, we can try to encourage. Uh, we can try to uh, rebuke. We can do all of these things to inspire you in many different ways to make the right move. But ultimately, when you make the move, you have to make it not to try to get someone off your back. But you gotta do it because that's the will of God. I was just in a revival this week where there was a man that was deaf and part of his, he, 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 he was extremely impaired hearing wise. And because of that, we called him to the front to pray for this individual, for God to heal him. And I guess the gentleman did not want to be prayed for. I didn't know. He didn't tell me. No. So we began to keep praying uh, because I believe that God is a healer. And uh, we began to pray for this man, and all of a sudden the man said, I said, how do you feel? He said, it's better. This guy's been in this condition all of his life. He said, it's better. So then I told the church, I said, he feels like it's better. Church goes preserved. Then the man said, all right, I'm done. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for praying for me. I said, hold on, man. I'm like, if God's moving, oh, we keep praying some more. But all of a sudden I felt something off. So I asked the gentleman, I said, sir, I'm going to ask you again. Is there any change that has happened with you? He said, no. I said, well, i got to tell the people. I was like, because I said, we're not, I said, we're, God is too real to have to fake it. We're only going to celebrate what God does, not celebrate manipulation having people think that God did something that he hasn't. Amen. So what happened was afterwards I spoke to the gentleman and uh, the man gets up and walks out the church door. And I was convinced that there was nobody else in the church that would have the same condition. I told the church, I said, listen, if y'all don't want somebody praying for you, just tell them. Because I'm not, I can't make you be healed. I can't make you want it. So the guy gets up and he walks out the church doors and I'm not even for sure if he made it out of the parking lot of the church. But at the time I made the statement I said, is there anybody in this church that is either deaf, you can't hear out of one ear, both of your ears, or you're hearing a parent? And the woman on the front row says, Sir, I have not been able to hear. I've never been able to hear out of this left ear of mine. And immediately 
what happened was we began to pray. Then I whispered in her ear, what is your name? Covered her other ear and whispered in her so-called bad ear. And all of a sudden she speaks back. I began to ask her multiple questions. All of a sudden this woman starts crying. All because God does a miracle instantly for this woman. Now the same God that was present to heal that man was the same God that was present to heal that woman. But one got their healing and the other one didn't. And I believe it's possible the reason why the first one did not get the healing was because of the condition of his heart. Well, the Bible makes the statement, it talks about the parable of the seed sower. And ultimately there are at least four different kinds of soils. Your heart is a soil. And God's word is a seed. And the thing is, if your heart is ever going to, or if your soil is ever going to be fruitful, it needs a seed to be planted in order for it to bring forth fruit. Because no soil can bring forth fruit on its own. It needs something foreign to be introduced to that soil. And if that foreign thing is introduced to that soil, then that soil will bring forth its fruit within its season. The Bible declares that to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. That's why there's not one season that God puts you in that he has not given you word for that season. I remember when I was a little kid, I was in first grade, I was in my first play, and uh, it dealt with the, uh, I forgot the name of it, the ant and the grasshopper, the squirrel and the grasshopper, it dealt with the grasshopper, and uh, the grasshopper, all of these other bugs and animals went around during the year and, um, and were gathering for harvest. And they were sowing during the time that everyone else, during the time this grasshopper was just having a good time. And by the time fall set in and things began to get cold, all of a sudden the grasshopper is hopping along and he finds that he has nothing to eat. And the reason why was during the season that he had when he should have been gathering, he used that season to waste upon himself. I've come to tell this church this day that God has given you a season not to waste, but a season to gather. The thing is, is that when you deal with the seed sower, if you notice the seed sower, he doesn't 
You know, there's one thing, there's ever a job that I've ever had that I hate. I hate landscape. My, grandma, my father and my grandfather had a landscaping company. And uh, I hated breaking leaves. I hate doing yard work. I hate it. I hate it like God hates sin. I hate it. I hate it so much that when my son get in trouble, I go reap the leaves, boy. Go reap the leaves. <laughs> Y'all work is punishment. But if you notice the seed sower, he does not. My father would sow seeds. And what he would do is before he would sow the seed, he would prepare the soil. Because my father never sowed, he, he didn't believe in wasting money. Um, I remember one time I was raking leaves and uh, we were on College Avenue and Broad Ripple in Indianapolis, Indiana. He had this apartment that he was doing and uh, I was taking too long and he comes, he says, you need to hurry up. And I wouldn't hurry up, I was just, I, I was, I was raking with attitude. With a bad attitude, not a good one. So I was half doing the job. Father comes back about an hour later and there's still leaves all over the place. And he had a guy that was working with him on the job and my father shows up and I didn't know what was getting ready to happen. And uh, I probably felt like Chris Rock All of a sudden, my father rears back and he smacks me. That was back in the day when you could beat kids up and there was no child. They didn't have child second. They did back then. I didn't know about it. He smacked me in broad daylight. He was like, Pharaoh. He said, time is money. I was wasting his money. I was wasting his time. I was wasting my time. I was wasting his money. I mean, I wasn't getting paid nothing. <laughs> like free labor almost, you know. He's paid me a little bit, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> he's dead now, but he still owed me for that year. For that year, I should have fought with my siblings over the uh, life insurance policy. <laughs> I pay money to get my father back. But he smacks me, and when that happens, those words that he spoke, time is money set with me the rest of my life. Because it was then, even after we started, you know, our own company years ago before we started traveling full time, um, I had pastors calling, people calling my pastor because they knew I was a preacher. It was like, uh, pastor, uh, 
money, Pastor. They work better with no break than they do. You know, sometimes people take a break when they come off the break. They work slow. Because people work until people have two schedules at work. Break time and off time. People work better when they get ready to go to break than they do work better when it's getting ready to go home. So if you don't give them a break and you just let them work, I'm gonna let you go home early. Don't do that. That tickle your buddy ball, You hear it talk of her Thompson. I'm telling it was the truth. It was the truth. And she probably know what hard work is. And the thing is, is that when it comes down to the heart, toiling and cultivating a heart is far more challenging than dealing with all these soils that are out here. As we pulled up into Georgia yesterday evening, I had been preaching in North Carolina where the temperature was different. I was looking on my doorbell, ring doorbell, and seeing that there was snow in my front yard in Indianapolis. And I noticed that while we were driving, I told my wife, I said, you know, we get in the car, I said, hey, quit fooling with the thermostat. It goes from 80 to 90 to 70 to 75, the foot to legs to, to the face to... You're gonna give me pneumonia. I need you to find the temperature and keep it there. And uh, so what happened was she um, was fooling with the temperature and you know, we started traveling. I got here and I see that the temperature was different. Now even though we are in the same season, the climate is different. And you can be in the same season in the same nation, but be experiencing totally different climates. And there's some seeds that can grow in certain climates that can't grow in the other climate. And there's certain things that can grow in this season, in this state, that can't be grown in Indianapolis right now in the same season. Why? Because the climate is different. But I would have to wait for a change in climate in order for me to produce what you're able to produce in this same season. Now the thing is, is that the way that soils work is that God's word is a way that there's some things that just will never be able to grow in Alaska. There's some things that you just cannot grow in New York. Um, 
struggles in Jamaica and in the Philippines are far greater than mangoes you'll get anywhere else. Hallelujah. But when it comes down to God's word, there has to be something that works with that soil. That soil, in order for that soil to be able to produce, in order for that seed to be able to bring forth its fruit, for the fruit of the seed is within the seed itself. It's not necessarily within the soil. The life is within the seed. But God has purpose for the soil. And that soil must come into agreement with what that seed has purpose for that soil. The challenge is, is that many of us want the seed to change the soil. When in order for that seed to change the soil, that soil must be willing to receive what the seed is getting ready to present. And what's happening is right now, we've got four different kinds of groups of people that are represented in this room right now. Two bring forth fruit. One brings forth the fruit that's perfect. The other one brings forth the fruit, but the fruit isn't perfect. And unfortunately, sometimes we settle more for just having fruit and not actually gauging and judging the seed and whether or not that fruit is perfect. For the scripture declares, it says, be ye perfect. Why? I'm perfect. And that means that if an individual is accustomed to being in church and it is nothing wrong to have fruit that is not perfect, better yet, fruit that's not even developed. There, there's one soil where the seed is immediately scorched because of the hardness of an individual's heart. And then there's another soil that, that immediately when it's sold because of the cares of this life, the cares of this life literally choke out the word and chokes out the seed that's been planted within the soil. That means that if a person is going to be fruitful, it is because they've learned how to govern their heart and they've learned how to guard their heart. Bible says guard your heart with all diligence. Praying in the Holy Ghost. The cultivator for the word of God. The power for the word of God. I saw somebody make a post yesterday on Facebook and they made the statement. They said that plowing praise is for plowing. Reason why we have preaching 
before we, the reason why we have praise before we have preaching is because praise is for the plowing. But can I talk to some, and, and preaching is for the sowing. But can I talk to somebody in this room that if an individual is going to be able to have seed sold properly, it's going to take more than praise. It's going to take brokenness in the soil. It's going to take more than praise, but it's going to take the elimination of thorns and cares of this life in the hearts. What it's going to take is more than praise. It's going to take the denial of self. Because if we have not denied ourselves when the seed is sown, we're either going to be hardened against it or we're going to have our hearts full of the cares of this life that even though we have received it, when life starts happening, the thorns are going to choke out the word that God has planted. So therefore that means that if we are ever going to be able to receive the word of God, because the Bible says, be not a hearer of the word only, but be doers. Why? Because if not, we deceive ourselves. So if we are deceiving ourselves by just hearing the word of God, that means that if I'm truly going to receive it, receiving the word is with the intent of producing fruit. That means that if you sow a seed today, it will be, uh, it will bring forth fruit tomorrow. Now the Bible makes a statement, it says one man plants, another man waters, but God gives the increase. A preacher came on and he said, brother, I, I said, well, what about prayer? The preacher came on and he said, prayer does the watering. We water it with prayer. I thought that sounded good until I just got in this pulpit. No. The Bible says one man plants, another one waters, but God gives the increase. So what do you mean, Brother Herb? That, that means that the preacher or the man of God will come in and will continue to water the seed that has been given to you. If you're half faithful to the house of God, how in the world will you ever be able to water the seed that was planted years ago? Because just because it's planted today doesn't mean that fruit comes up tomorrow. The reason why you see people's lives change today is because somebody planted yesterday and somebody continued to water and God gave the increase after someone remained faithful to see time and harvest. So that means that if we're going to produce fruit,
then that means we must be willing to surrender heart. So that means that when we come to the house of God, we need to come not looking for motivation. Because if you're looking for a motivational word, then I put you in the category of the individual who receives word and then it is choked out when the cares of this life. Or the Bible says, when they are offended. Because of offense, what do you mean? That, that means that what can kill the word of God in your life is offense and cares. Offense and cares is one of the number one killers for the word of God being performed in your life. I've got a, I've got a question. Are you examining your heart? Are you actually preparing your heart before you come to the house of God? I believe that God allows there to be storms in our life to break up our hearts. But if you're despising the process and you become towards the voice of God. You say, Brother Hurt, I've come to talk to somebody this day that, that God is looking for an individual that says, God, I'm not just in this for the moment. Because if God tells the preacher, be instant in season as well as out of season. That means he's telling him, I want you to preach this word when it's easy, and I want you to do it when it's not. There are some seeds that you have to sow within a particular season. But the word of God is sowed in any season and in any climate. And God is saying, regardless of the season and regardless of the climate that is going on in your life, you've got to receive the seed. Not based upon the climate, but based upon the time and the season that God has ordained for your life. He says, you need this word whether you like it or not. So what does that mean? That means that a preacher gets up and he preaches. And he comes to the pulpit and he can't just look at the congregation and says, man, there's so many hurting people here. Everybody's going through stuff. Everybody's going through some pain. Somebody lost this, somebody lost that. So therefore, I'm going to preach. No, you have to preach according to the will of the Lord. I remember one time years ago, the preacher said, Brother Hurt, do you feel that? I said, what? He said, you feel that faith? I said, yes, sir. So I could feel the faith of the people. He could feel the faith of the people. And he was like, Brother Hurt, he said, well, what you do? What he was wanting me to do, he was wanting me to preach towards where the people were having faith in. Well, what happens when 
what God has to say may be different than what the people came for. Listen, I don't feed my children based upon their appetite. I feed my children based upon what they need. And can I talk to somebody in this room? If you're only selective in what you receive based upon your appetite, then you're not going to see the field look like the way God intended it to look like until you allow God to change your heart. Because if you're ever going to see a change in the fruit of your soil, you got to see a change in the condition of your heart. Transform me, Lord. Create in me a clean heart, Lord. Renew in me a right spirit, Lord. Alter the way that I think, Lord. Deliver me from the cares of this life, Lord. If there's any evil or any wicked thing in me, Lord, take it out of me, Lord. Get rid of the bitterness in me. Listen, the bitterness that's in you can stifle the word of God in your life. The offended spirit that you have can hinder the word of God in your life. The cares of this life that you have can stop the word of God. You can belong to the most powerful apostolic church in the world, but if you don't allow the word of God to be settled in your heart, some of you think you need to change churches. It's not you need to change churches. You going to get out of how I feel. I've got to walk in agreement 
with what he thinks. And there's some people in this room this day that you're like, Brother Herbert, I, I, I've been asking God, Lord, I, I need the Lord to move this. I need the Lord to move that. I need the Lord to change this. And I need the Lord to change that. Well, the Bible says, great, he says, greater is he that's, no, not greater is he that's in you. But the Bible says, he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask of him. According to the power that worketh in you. That means that, that, that there are some things that God's just not going to do for you. He's going to do through you. And in order for him to do it through you, you've got to be submitted to the spirit of God that's in you. How am I going to do that? I'm going to die. Bible declares, you see this man, wild man, Jesus comes right off of the ship. As soon as he comes down from the ship in the country of the Gadarenes, the Bible says, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately a man met him out of the tomb with an unclean spirit. Now, the thing is, is that I have seen people who are broken. Last week, week before last, uh, I think it was last week, week before last, last week I think, my stepfather went to my mother's house before I left town, and uh, this before the end of the new year, or the, yeah, the beginning of the new year, end of the year. I was taking care of some business with my vehicle. Actually broke down after I took care of the business. I didn't take care of too much business. I was taking care of the business and the Lord spoke to me. He said, George, it would be better for you to go to your mother's house than to go anywhere else today. So I went to my mother's house. All of a sudden, my stepfather was there, and he, you know, he calls me G. He's like, G, man, I, I got to do something, G. And I went back to drinking alcohol. Next thing you know, he starts crying. He's like, I, I need change. I got to do something. And I began to speak to him, the same stuff I've been speaking to him for 26 years. But something happened. There was something that happened. Now the thing is, is that my message never changed. I said the same thing that I spoke to him back in 1998 when God filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost. The only difference was, was that something happened to his heart before he heard the word again. Some of you are begging and asking 
about him. He never would have killed him. He spoiled principalities and powers when the ordinances that were against us was nailed to the cross. When he did that, he spoiled principalities and powers when his blood was shed. You gotta understand, my friend, that the authority, there's authority that comes when something dies. There's authority that comes when you relinquish all rights. You gotta understand that soil is not trying to hold on to its own will. It's not trying to hold on to its own desire. But the soil has denied itself that it can receive what's supposed to come in. You gotta understand that even Jesus said, let's Some of you women will say, I want a husband. I want to get married one day, but I will never want to have kids. That's the devil. Why? Wow, I don't want to go through that pain. Oh, listen, if I got to work by the sweat of your brow, by the sweat of the brow, oh, you're going you to have some pain. You're going to have this pain. Turn to your wife and say, you're going to have this baby. <laughs> you got me out here working by the sweat of my brow. And you talking about you ain't going to have no baby because pain and childbirth, you crazy. I ain't going to work. I'm going to be a stay-at-home husband. And at times I've been in church where I've seen it where like my stepfather and I've seen it where people come in and they're just like they're, they're broken. They're like whatever you want me to do I'll do it. Um I've seen there where people were dying and they were sick. They never want to go to the doctor. And they went to the doctor and they was like, Doc, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. First, I never took the doctor's order a day in their life. Doctor tell them, hey, you know, leave them hog mogs and chitlins alone. <laughs> I'm a blessing in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank the Lord for this chitlins and hog balls for the nourishment of my body. And thank faith. How is this poison going to nourish you? The nourishment of my body. In Christ's name I pray, man. 
Sometimes God probably been heaven like, do they really believe that? <laughs> you might be thankful for it, but you ain't blessing it. <laughs> but the doctor comes and says, hey, you need to leave this alone, leave that alone, and you go do what the doctor, you do what you want to do until that person gets extremely sick. And then they're like, doc, whatever you tell me to do, doc. There's some people that are able to bounce back from it. There are other people that are not able. The Bible says that there was this man. He came, he saw Jesus as he came off the ship. The thing is, is that this man, we know that he's got a problem because he's sleeping in tombs. I had a friend, I had somebody the other day, they took me to a graveyard. We were, we were somewhere, we were driving, it was nighttime. And we went somewhere, and it was like, we were driving to a graveyard. Like, I only go to graveyards when I'm burying somebody. I don't even go back to see them. We ain't got nothing to talk about. Got nothing to talk about. We drive, we pull up, and we went in one of the country graveyards too, you know, dark country road graveyard. Like, where we going? We pull up in the graveyard, like, and he was like, yeah, you know. And then he he flashes like, he's like, yeah, you know, that's my my family right there. I'm like, okay. He's like, I like to come out here and pray. You ever come to the graveyard and pray, brother? Heard? I said, for what? I may do a committal, that's about it. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I ain't got nothing, I, I do that, I ain't got nothing to talk to you now. I'm done talking over your dead body. I don't need to come to a graveyard to come talk to somebody. If I need to talk to Jesus, let me talk to him in my living room. I need to say it to you. Only an evil spirit 
drive you into isolation. Only an evil spirit will drive you to the early grave. Only an evil spirit moves. Only an evil spirit. Some of you in this room, you're bound by an evil spirit. You're always thinking about dying early. You're always thinking about well, what would life be like if your children weren't, if you weren't here for your children. What would life be like if you just died right now? Some of you are praying prayers, Jesus, take me now. And the Lord's like, I'm not taking you now. I'm going to heal you now. And I'm going to raise you up. Later. Bible says that he had his dwelling among the tombs. And the Bible says that no man can bind them. What do you mean? This individual was in a state of mind that the only thing people could do was attempt to bind him. Have you ever been in a predicament where it seemed like the only solution that people could have for you was to try to tame your condition? Can I talk to somebody in this room? There's some of you, your mama tames a young child. There's some people today, praise the Lord, that I pray for. I've talked to some folk, praise God. I tell them, I said, man, come off of your antidepressants. Come off of that stuff. Praise the Lord. You say, well, Brother Hurt, God said, well, it's nothing more than modern day sorcery. I said, don't let them drug your little kids up. Praise God. Say, well, your child got this disorder. Your child got that. Oh, your child is a child. Praise the Lord. You got to understand they just may need some discipline or maybe just a little bit older. You may have to do a little bit more. Praise the Lord than what your mama did for you. But don't give them over to the sorcerer. Praise the Lord to bring balance into their life. Listen, you got to understand they want to tame your child. And then what happens is if they can tame them while they're young, they're going to try to tame them while they're old. How come it is about? Some of your children are being tamed. And you're like, well, Brother Hurt, they got the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but they're so desensitized to it. 
I mean, how much of the Holy Ghost you gonna be walking in if you smoking crack? Listen, I know people that got the Holy Ghost to smoke crack. I know people that got the Holy Ghost to the drugs. Whatever you yield yourself serving to, that's what you serve. And what's going on, praise the Lord, is that this man, I'm not here to preach on that, but this man is in the tomb, and this man is bound, and the only thing that he was going, the people in his surroundings, the only thing they could do was make his condition worse by trying to tame him. Sometimes I see a devil, you start trying to cast a devil out of somebody. There's a woman one time, uh, I was in, in a church earlier early this past year, and uh, the woman, you know, cast the devil out, there, out of one other person, and the next thing you know, all of a sudden, I begin to walk towards this woman, and this woman starts like, no, and she starts trying to swing on me. People want to grab her. Well, the thing is, is that that's all you're going to do is provoke the devil. The devil wants you to get in your flesh so that you can't overthrow him in the spirit. But if you stay out of the flesh, then you've got authority over him in the spirit. You gotta understand that they were using chains, they were using fetters, and every time they did that, they were making his condition worse. Why? He would break the chains, he would break the fetters, and what was going on was the more that he would begin to break these things, the more intimidated people were around him. Can I talk to somebody in this room? You can't use the things of the flesh to try to combat the things of the spirit. You gotta understand, you need spiritual authority. You Has got 
This man was possessed with devils that could break his chains. This man needed somebody that could destroy the yoke. I come to tell you, sir, you got a yoke on Look at them. Listen, 
just because they've been in it for years don't mean they want to be there. Sometimes their hearts have just been in a place that's hindered them from getting there. But all of a sudden, through the pains of life, pains in life can, can, can bring forth a place of brokenness within the spirit. you got to understand, brokenness in the heart can develop over the pains of the suffering of life. becomes greater. And you like Brother Hurt? The heat has been turned up on my life. And the only solution that I have is I need God to put something in this soil. Because if God and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. That's not that man talking now. That's the devil. He's worshiping in one part, but now all of a sudden, the devil's talking. Why? Because the enemy understands that God loves worship, but at the same time, the enemy also understands that, 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 that there's something at work. So now what happens is the man immediately shuts up. Now this enemy sees that now Jesus is here. And he understands that Jesus has the authority. That's why the Bible declares that the prince of this world would have known who he was and never would have crucified wasn't expecting him. Jesus, what are, you, have you come, what are you here for? Have you come that you would torment me before my time? Jesus said, who are you? What's your name? He said, Legion, for we are many. And then it says, and he besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. So that means that the enemy starts really beseeching the Lord. He really starts speaking and conversating with the Lord, trying to get an agreement with God that he would not send him out of the country, but at least send me into the swine. And then all of a sudden, God speaks to the man that was filled with spirits and speaks to the thing that was in him and removed it from him and sent it somewhere else. And God says, if you want me to speak to it, 
You need to speak to me. You need to come to me. It's not about him just coming to you. It's about you coming to him. And this day, my sister in the back with the white shirt on, with the black on, you just turn your head with the braids. Just, just stand up. Just step out of the Who's the lady next to you? No, the lady that was next to you. Huh? Is your daughter? already done that. It's now time to come to him. He says, if I be lifted up from the earth, he says, I will draw all men unto me. Just stand up. You've got different things that are growing in your body. You got different things that are growing in your body. It feels like little, like I see a bunch of little, little balls, like little knots, things in your body. There's around different areas of your body. But tonight, I've come to tell you this day that the Lord says that He is going to heal you. And you've got a condition that is messed with, you've got a condition in your body that is messed with your nervous system. And it creates these spasms. And it also does something to your muscles. I see at night sometimes your muscles feel like something is twisting the muscles in your back. I've come to tell you this day that the Lord is your healer. I want you to walk in forgiveness. Now there's a gentleman, an older gentleman years ago that wounded you almost to death. And not only that, there were people that you tried to speak to and it was almost like everyone tried to treat you like you were crazy. And ever since then, it seems like there's been this, this bubble that you have lived in that keeps people out. And you've done that as a protective measure for yourself. And the Lord told me to tell you this day, he said, I called you to live in fear. Now, over the past several months, there's been a dream that has been coming and has been tying you all the way back to that season. And the thing is, is that 
when you get like this, and it's happened before in the past, when you get like this, you end up going into this deep stage of depression. I've come to tell you this day, the Lord says, I want you to surrender this day. I want you to forgive. Forgiveness will bring you healing. Hallelujah. Forgiveness will bring you peace. If we forgive people of their trespasses, God will forgive us of ours. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak wholeness. I just talk to the Lord right now. I take authority right now in the name of Jesus over every pain that is in your body. Even the pain that is running down the side of your back at the top. This day by the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak hope. There it is. I speak wholeness right now. You're not going home with this. As a matter of fact, it's not returning again. By the power of the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity from off of you this day. By the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you to be whole this day in the name of Jesus. I speak clarity to your mind in the name of Jesus. Come on. There are people that you are letting in, but you're not letting them in no more. In the name of Jesus. You don't need nobody but Jesus. Come on. He's going to be the governor of what you do with your spirit. He's going to be the governor of what you do with your heart. You're going to be, he's going to be the governor of what you do with your mind and with your soul. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray. That's it. Behold, I command every fibroid in your body to triumph by the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Notice that pain is gone. The name of Jesus. So I worship the Lord.
There are people, where are you from? Huh? Are you from Jamaica? Okay. There are people that if you're ever going to please God, you got to make up in your mind that you can't please man and God at the same time. But the thing is this, is that the Lord is also been dealing with you. And you've been asking him for some direction on where to go and what to do. And today is the direction. I'm not here to speak to you anything new. All I'm here to do is to confirm to you what God has already been dealing with you about. And I've come to tell you that you cannot satisfy the pleasure of man and satisfy God at the same time. But if you put God first, then God will begin to govern what you do and what you give and what you present to mankind. And that could be friends and that could be family and that could be co-workers. And the reason why is because God wants to be the Lord of your life. Now I have a question. How often do you pray? Often. How often do you pray in tongues? Never? Or have you been baptized? At 16? Right in Jamaica? Whose church? What church is that? I preach in Jamaica. Where's that at? That church? Okay. They baptize you. They baptize you in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. All right? Is that where you got baptized, Mom? All right. Is there anybody else in this room you were baptized, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Come on. Don't be afraid. Raise your hand. Maybe like you just don't care. You baptized, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Sister of and uh, somebody in the back. All right, this is a couple people in the back. All right, I want you to listen to me. Were you baptized any other time other than that? How about you, brother? Okay, all right. Um, you that were baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you for some, for, 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 for just a moment. Um, there was a young lady years ago that when my daughter, a 25-year-old daughter that's not by my wife, I had her back when we were, when I was in high school, my, my girlfriend back then. But me and her mother were talking uh, when my daughter was first born. And uh, there was a girl that ended up coming up missing. Someone kidnapped this girl from the hospital. I'll never forget the story because it happened at the same time my daughter was born. Now, all of a sudden, I was reading somewhere and that late, that girl came up, found recently, within the past several years. And when they found the girl, they found out that the woman that kidnapped her was a woman that was acting like she was a nurse or something, or from what I heard, and from what I was saying, that she was supposed to be a nurse. And was came in, looked dressed like one, and took the baby and raised that girl like it was her own child. The child was convinced that that was mom, and she was the daughter. Uh, it wasn't until 20-something years into the future where some stuff came out and found out that the child was still alive and that the child is actually grown. 
And to make a long story short, the police came, found out, talked to the woman. Woman confessed that she stole the child. And then the mother's telling, the, the, the fake mother's telling the child, you know, I'm sorry, I took you from the hospital. The child has so many memories with this mother. The child knows this mother, knows this woman. This, the, you know, children gain connection to ones that nurture them. Whoever has nurtured them, you know, is gonna, you know, gain this bond. You bond with whoever nurtures you, regardless of if they were good to you or not. There's a bond that comes with that. And, um, and that bond is extremely hard to be erased. Well, there was a bond that she developed with this woman to the point where her love for the woman that she thought was her mother, her love for the fake mother was so strong that it was hard for her to detach even when she knew that this woman was wrong. And she said, you know, I'm sorry, you're still my mom, and I love you. I had a great childhood, had a great upbringing. You did this for me, you did that for me. I wouldn't even be here without you. That's how it ended up. And the mother, the real mother's there, and the real mother, you know, she's crying, and she's just torn. Because she's seeing this child that she thought was dead, still alive, and she sees this child calling this other woman mom, her mother, when it's not. And the woman is in the church, I mean, the church is in the courtroom, and when she's in the courtroom, she's telling the girl, she's like, that is not, she's like, girl, she's like, that's not even your name. Your name is such and such. And that woman right there, that's not your mother, because they locked the woman up. Then she said, that's not your mother. That's, that I am your mother. And the woman uh, was torn, and the girl was torn, and the girl was like, well, what I'll do. She said, I want to, I want to develop a relationship with my new mom, but I don't want to disconnect from the relationship with the fake mom. Because what happened was the heart was stolen. The thing is, is that whenever we start dealing with truth and teaching and doctrine, we have to make, when, when, when we have connected with something that may be off, we have to be able to, with our hearts, connect to what's right, not just our feelings, because the young girl's emotions were stolen. Our life was stolen through her emotions. So I'm saying this, what does this mean? Baptism is for the remission, the removal of sins. You don't get baptized just to uh, have some outward expression of an inward grace. Uh, baptism is not for an outward expression of an inward grace. Baptism is for death. So, I mean, it's for burial. Baptism is for the removal, the remission of sins. Uh, there's so much in the scriptures that talk about what baptism is for. But the Bible says, uh, he told them, he said, you go and, he said, uh, baptize everyone in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, the thing is, is that when he told them that, he was expecting them to obey that. Not repeat what he says, but actually obey what he said. Now, this your mom, right? Did your mother ever give you a whooping coming up? Couple of them. Okay. All right. And what's your name? Lord? Lorna? All right. Mom, what's your name? Simone. All right. So mom says, Simone, get upstairs and go clean up your room. What are you going to do? Huh? All right. Now, what happens? What would happen? If Simone goes upstairs and says, Simone, go upstairs and clean up that room. What would happen? 
No, no. Your mom says, Simone, Simone, Carol, get upstairs and go clean up that room now. And then Simone goes upstairs. Simone, get upstairs and go clean up that room. And she heard you say that. What would happen? Huh? She said, what would, what would happen? You'd probably lose it for a minute, wouldn't you? Why? Because you, you, because you didn't tell her to repeat what you said. You told her to repeat what you said. Right. Now the thing is, is that traditionally, in a lot of churches around the world, has been this way for 2,000 years, almost 2,000. Not since the time of Jesus, but you know, maybe 300 years after he died and resurrected. Uh, ever since then, it has become more of a cultural norm, traditionally to baptize people, same name, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But the thing is, is that there's no authority in me and same Father. Come here, sister. Now, are you in any type of situation right now where you need some extra finances? Well, how much would you say probably would change everything? Not just to cover the bills or whatever you needed, but could that and just a little bit more, what would you say would save you to the place where I'm like, okay, that would be good. Father's going to write you a check right now. That's it? Gee, gee, you're being mothers. How about you? How about you? Hey, Bella. I need about a hundred thousand. How about you? Trying to open a business? Okay. Okay, so how much would you pay? Like 120000 Okay. So she wants to start a business. So, so, so the thing is, is that uh, if I wrote you a check, wrote you a check, wrote you a check, right? And I put down what you're the first thing. Simone what? Nice name. Oh. Simone Williams. Right. So I put down Simone Williams in the check. What's your name? Elizabeth Cohen, and then I put down Lorena Powell. And I put all that, and I write you a check, write you a check, write you a check. And I put down 125,000, put down 2,000, put down 8,000. Y'all would be good, right? All right. Now, the thing is, in the section where it says memo, I put down gift, all right? And then I'll put down uh, father, son, and preacher. Is that, is that a name? I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a preacher. I can't put that name up down as my name. How about if I put down father? It doesn't say much. Hold on, I want you to say that. Exactly, how about you? 
procedure change in the uh, Okay, how about you? Father the right name. Father the right name. Not the right name. So so the thing is, Father, what is a name? Name is a noun, but what kind? It's a proper name. How about this father a proper noun? It's really not, right? All right, so what I'm saying this is this. If the bank won't cast the check without a name, then you can't make any heavenly transactions without a name. You can't cast out a devil saying father. You can't cast out a devil saying son. And you can't cast out a devil saying holy ghost. You need to have a name. Even the Bible says that the Lord will send the Holy Ghost in my name. My name, that's right. Jesus said, I don't come in my, he says, I come in my father's name. So, and the angel said, call his name Jesus. So the thing is, is this, first of all, you need to be rebaptized. All of y'all that raised y'all's hands, you need to be rebaptized in the name of of Jesus Christ. The thing is this, is that a lot of times person will be like, well, I've already done that. That's why I went through this process because you were baptized, but you were not baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible talks about John the Baptist's disciples. John the Baptist baptized his own disciples. But in the book of Acts, there were just disciples of John that only knew the baptism of John the Baptist. And they said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we knew not whether there be in the Holy Ghost. And they said, under whose baptism were you baptized unto? And they said, John the Baptist baptism. And they commanded them to be baptized again. Why? For the remission of sins. Once again, there are people that are baptized for many different reasons. But all baptism is for is for the remission of sins. Go ahead. He says you're going to confirm. Confirm. Okay. Yes, I was confirmed because I was having a situation where I was already baptized or I was already baptized. Amen. That's how the world works. Amen. That's how. Let's do that praise. That's the Lord. That's not Him. That's the Lord. Because God, God. So what that did was that goes back to what I said in the beginning. God prepares the heart. She did not resist the preparation. She did not resist what God was speaking to her in the midnight hour. She did not. God starts preparing. There's a lot of preparation that happens to the heart before you come into the world. And I've come to tell you, this is your day. And I want you to lift your hands. I promise you, I'm going to pray you. So lift your hands. You get the Holy Ghost here, you talk in tongues. Why am you talking tongues? God, I figured you did. Should lift your hands. Is there anybody in this room you never received the Holy Ghost? By evidence of speaking with tongues. And you want the Holy Ghost? Come. Come. 
Sergeant Blue, I want to make sure I pray for you before you get out of here to fill something for you. Somebody else in this room? Mom, I want you to lift your hands. Mom, when your mind is made up, no one can really change you. Your will is very strong. But I've come to tell you this night. The know that you don't like to repeat yourself. I know that you don't like to go back to places that you've already been. But in order to perfect something, if you were serving a meal, you're not going to put just anything at the table. But you're going to make sure that when you're presenting something before the table, you're going to put your best forward. There's some people that would refuse to serve a meal that they've prepared all day for if they know that there's something in that thing that they wouldn't eat themselves. And I've come to tell you this day that God is not done with you. Now there are some things that have happened in yesteryear that has changed you. And death does that. Especially when it comes at a price that you never intended to pay. And especially when things happen that are not fair. But I've come to tell you this day, I don't know why God allows all of this stuff to happen the way he does. But I do know that there's a purpose behind it. I just spoke to a good friend of mine, an old friend of mine yesterday on the phone, his daughter. His daughter died last year. The girl wasn't even maybe 13 years old. 14 died suddenly. And this girl that looked like she had the whole life in front of her, death comes and snatches her out of here. He said, Brother Herb, he said, I don't know how I could even get through this thing without the Lord. He said, I want her back. He said, but I, I feel like I'm being selfish. I said, Brother, you're not being selfish. That's just grief. I said, it is not sinful to be grieving. But I have come to tell you this day, my sister, that there are some things that you feel like that you have become stronger in. But really, there's just a hardness that's there. And you've become numb. Numbness does not equate strength. And the Lord said this day, he said, I want to deliver your heart. He says, I want to heal you. And he says, I want the joy that I have for you to flourish in you and through you. But you need someone to guide you through this season. I've come to tell you this day, you that are here and you that are going to be coming to this altar, the Holy Ghost is going to fill this room in just a moment. And you that have not received the Holy Ghost, God is going to fill. Many of you, you're going to be baptized today for 
the first time or for the second time, but this time, first time, you're going to do it the right way. In the name of Jesus Christ, and God's going to remit you and remove your sin. There's some of you in this room that you're bound. I know that it's 1.30, but there's some of you in this room that you're bound, and God's going to free you tonight. There's some of you in this room that you are battling all kinds of spiritual infirmities and physical infirmities, and God's going to heal you this day. But right now, what's going to happen is you're going to take the heart that God has given you, and you're going to present that heart before God and say, Lord, I need you to do something with this. God can take a barren land and make it fruitful. And I've come to tell you this day that God's going to take barren hearts and he's going to make it fruitful to the point where that when we lay hands on you, suddenly the Holy Ghost is going to come out of you. He's going to enter into you, and when he does, the Bible declares, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Bible says that the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. As you surrender your heart to God, then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost is going to enter into your heart, and God's going to fill you with his spirit, and immediately, your language is going to change. Why? Because once something foreign has been introduced to your heart, that thing is going to come out of your mouth. And this day, God's going to fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost. And when he does, don't go back to English. You go ahead and you begin to speak with him one word after another word after another word. God's looking for somebody that's going to surrender. Come on, there's some other people in this room right now. If you want to come, if you're sitting next to somebody and you see God moving on them, just say, hey, come. Why don't you come with me to the altar? Come on. If there's somebody next to you, you know they need the Holy Ghost, invite them. Say, man, well, would you come to the altar with me? Come on. And I tell you that the Lord is a deliverer. Come on. The Lord is a healer. He is a chain breaker. In the name of Jesus, come on now. What I'm going to need is I want some of you in this room that know how to pray people through to the Holy Ghost. I want you to come and I want you to stand in front of these folk. Praise God. Because in just a moment, I want to speak the word of faith. And as soon as we do, I want you to lay hands on them immediately when I speak the word of faith. Don't touch nobody just yet though. Come on, we're going to do this all together on one accord. Come on, that's it. Come on, we got some more people. Come on. This is the day to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on. The Holy Ghost is real. That's it. Send them to the other part of the line. That's it in the day. There you go. Go down there. Sit them down there. That's it on the other side of the line. There you go. He can stay right there. Or, or he can come. It doesn't matter. There you go. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Stand right here. There you go. Just stand right there in line. Because God wants the Holy Ghost. He wants to get the Holy Ghost to everybody. There's nobody in this room that needs to leave here without the Spirit of God. Come on, I'm telling you that the Lord has chosen this day to baptize you. Come on, he was, you've been like, Lord, where have you been? And some of you right now have realized he's been there the whole time. But today, in the name of Jesus Christ, God is going to purge you. And when he does, you're going to begin to worship God. Don't, don't, don't keep your mouth closed, but, but you want to be talking because you're not going to be talking in tongues if you're not talking. Come on, because what you're going to do is you're going to repent, Lord. I, I repent. So right now, I want you to open up your mouth. I want you to look up towards heaven. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to speak out loud with your outside voice and say, Jesus. Come on, say, Jesus. Come on, that's it. I can't hear you. Come on. I can't give you the Holy Ghost, but I can help you. Come on, Jesus. I want to change. Jesus, I can't live like this anymore. 
I want to surrender completely to you. I repent, Lord, for all the things I've done. Come on. All the things I've said. I can't do this no more. I know that you're real. Shut up. 
in the name of Jesus. Holy is his name. Holy is his name. Come on, we got another one. Get the Holy Ghost. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus.
so much inconvenience. God is able to use that. And calls it to work in a way for the future is far greater than the pain that it caused in the past. I've come to tell you this day, I see a lot of movement right now. And, uh, and right now, it's like I'm seeing my bombs just going off. But I've come to tell you that the Lord is peace in every single storm. Now the thing is this, is that where God has brought you to, you're in a more stable place than what you've ever been. And the enemy is only fighting you in your mind with fear. And I've come to tell you that God's love is greater than fear. I find, I see you finding a resting place in the Lord. Um, and I see you seeking him for shelter. I want you to take your eyes off of the possibilities of what can happen. Um, I want you to take your mind and set off of your greatest fears. And set your heart upon the Lord. Because there are things that the enemy is presenting before your eyes right now that he wants in your heart. And some of this stuff is not even going to happen. But as long as you're being governed by your emotions and by your feelings and not by faith, then you're going to be manipulated by the enemy. God wants you to have a sound mind, sound spirit. Don't you raise your hands up towards heaven. This day, in the name of Jesus, you're not going to die in this season. The Lord says, I see you. It's almost like I've seen something walk out of that door. And it's almost like you say, my Lord, what else are you going to take? The Lord says, I want you to receive what I am doing. The way that God works is not the way that you work. His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than yours. I want you just to say, God, I trust you. That's all you've got to do. And God will move what needs to be moved, and God will do what God needs to do. And once this thing comes back around full circle, you're going to say, man, that was the best way that it could have been done. And you're going to rejoice in the very area that you mourned in. 
in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, talk to the Lord. God is your strength. God is your source. God is your keeper. God is your healer. And one thing I can say about God, when things in life appear to be absent, God is always present. You to rejoice in what's present. Rejoice in who is present. Because the Lord is more close to you now than what He's ever been. And it's going to be that way. But you got to move through this season with the Lord, right? But you lift your hands towards heaven. something that God is there are certain adversities that come that are very strange and uh, 
and all I keep seeing is strange things. You're the husband? Okay. All right. I told your wife that I see things that have happened to her, you guys are strange. And, uh, and I've seen you guys on a journey, naturally and spiritually. And uh, I saw early on where you guys have had a good movement. And uh, it is like, there's always something that follows to try to sabotage you guys. Um, I even saw you in one particular season where God told you to keep your mouth shut. And in that season, even to this day, there have been things that have been destroyed people who have been destroyed because of things that were said that was not even true. It was almost like God wouldn't even give you the ability to even defend your own self. And it's from that position that there is a deep wound. There's some things that God has begun to deal with you guys in your concerning ministry and where he is taking you guys to. There's been things that have been moving and there's a part of you, sister. It's not that you're wanting to be disobedient or anything like that, but you feel like that serving God has cost you too much. The will of God is cost, not like you don't want the will of God, but the only thing you can see is pain that you haven't even recovered from. And... Uh, there's a part of you that's like, I just wish we could go back to when things were just normal. I want you to quit looking. And there's almost like I'm seeing some you looking at some people that are not here. They're not here, they're not around here, but you look at them like sisters. And it's like you're looking at what's going on in their life. And it's almost like you're paying more of a heavier price. It's looking like you're not paying nothing at all. The Lord told me to tell you, he said, if I wanted them to have what you have, he said, I would have done that for them. He said, but he made no mistake when he came down to choose of you and also bring you two together. And I've come to tell you this day that Four years ago, four years ago, you two didn't even, couldn't even foresee even being here right now, even in your right mind. But the Lord told me to tell you, he said he brought you guys through and out of the pit. And he told me to tell you, he said, the same God that brought you through that is the same God that can bring you through things that are in the future. He said, in this hour, he said, I want you to quit using, because y'all were blindsided. 
you were hit with what you did not expect. So now what's happening is, the past several years, is that you're now beginning to try to think and imagine things that are crazy, the craziest stuff that you could ever imagine. You're trying to create those imaginations and thoughts in your mind so that you can try to emotionally prepare for something just in case it happens. The Lord told me to tell you, he said, I do the preparation, not you. He said, I prepare the table before you in the presence of your enemies. He said, I go to prepare a place before you that where I am, you shall be also. He does the preparation. You do the surrenderance. He said, you've got to trust in my will and you've got to trust in my provision and you've got to trust in my way. This day in the name of Jesus Christ, there are people who are speaking confusion to the ears. But the Lord told me to tell you, he said, I'm going to make my way clear. Now, my sister, this day, there's an infirmity that has attacked, attached itself to your body. I've come to tell you this day that this is getting ready to be cut off. Because this is, this is something, what you listen to me, this is something that is even attacking, uh, your body is taking in substance, but it's not getting to the right places. It's almost like the right, the nutrients and, and certain things that need to be fed and that you're supposed to put in your body. Your body is counteracting and for some reason or another, it is kicking things out, which is causing your immune system to be compromised and is causing all of these other infirmities to begin to happen. But I've come to tell you this day, the Lord says, I'm going to deliver you this day. You're not going to go another night with this day. You're not going to go another night with this. The thing is this. There is something also that is happening within your blood. With your blood. And, uh, and there's a weakening that is taking place even with the heart. But I've come to tell you that the Lord says all blood will flow to its places properly. He said all blood will flow to its proper places in the proper manner. And it will not stay, it will not puddle in places that it's not supposed to puddle. By the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak wholeness. Hallelujah to your body. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray God that you would heal him. Raise him up, Lord, make a hope. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody worship the Lord.
It's like I see you almost like a protector and like a person who will teach people how to defend themselves. I see God taking some kind of, almost like you are. It's like I see you in the room like a consultant. And, uh, and I see you, people, you consult, people consulting you as you make room on the side. And I see God taking what you do on the side and making it bigger than what you do um, naturally. And what your primary thing is, is not gonna be as great as what you do secondarily. Because it's gonna be in the secondary like you're gonna deal with people even more. And as you deal with people even more, um, you're going to be effective evangelistically. Now I've come to tell you this day that um, there's a part of you that, like a person that I saw somebody other today, the other day that was like. Uh, they kept reacting, like they, they, were, they were like a reactor. And, uh, and it only took certain smells, certain sounds to create a reaction. It's almost like I'm seeing you in, like, in certain settings where it's almost like you start getting nervous, you start sweating, you start getting fearful. And you go into this protective mode. The Lord told me to tell you, he said, I am your peace. And the Lord told me to tell you, he said, I am your protection. Everything that the enemy has attacked you with, that dealt with things that you had to live in for a season. The Lord said the effects of it. He said, you're going to give that to him. He said, you're going to be whole. There are things that have been, that have come, there, 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 there are even relationships that you've had that have failed because of this. But the Lord told me to tell you, he said, you're not to be afraid of moving forward because he's going to heal What's behind you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for my brother. Talk to the Lord, church.
be in the presence of the Lord. And, uh, this is a, all baptisms are special. And, uh, but Elizabeth, I've known for years. And when she's coming to church and the periods of time that she's been in life and working, and I would see her in the workplace. And then God just kept allowing us to run into each other in church and out of church. And so, Sister Elizabeth, it's just an honor today to be able to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Let's pray. Father, we're here today and we're asking God that you forgive us of all of our sins as we turn our life completely around towards you. God, as I give you my heart, and Lord, as I humble myself, open that heart, soften that heart to you, that you've planted that seed, God, and then you're going to water it, and it is going to grow in the name of Jesus. Forgive me in Jesus' name. Amen. Sister Elizabeth, upon the honest confession of faith and obedience to the word of the Lord, you repented of your sins. I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins.
just has a day and a plan. And we just have to surrender to it. And he's able to do, as the preacher said, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could even ask for a thing. I'll ask him to pray with me right now and then we'll baptize you. Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I come before you and I present myself and I give myself heart and I give my soul to you, God. Cleanse me of all my past, the mistakes I've made, and God, I forgive all those that were made against me. Wash me clean. Lord, when I come out of this water, I am going to be renewed, refreshed, and full of your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Upon the honest confession of your faith, Simone, that you've repented of your sins, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins.
Praise God, everybody. It's exciting to be in the house of the Lord and see all that the Lord has done. And God has just moved. His spirit has moved. Trust me, you don't want to miss tomorrow night and Tuesday night. And uh, I would come with an expectancy and be ready for all that the Lord is going to do. Amen. Amen. Brother Munden's going to come give us our announcements and uh, any last parting words. And then uh, you can be disappointed. Praise the Lord, saints. Well, um, I definitely do not want to pass up the opportunity for the blessing that we received today with the word of the Lord um, for us to give. Definitely, it's always a, a big part. At any time, saints went to the temple that we are able to give in our offering and in our tithe. Uh, please do not forget uh, all of our announcements for this week. We do have tomorrow at 6 p.m. We will be doing our pre-service prayer. We will be doing the exact same on Tuesday evening. 6 p.m. We'll be doing our pre-service prayer. And on Monday and Tuesday, immediately following the pre-service prayer, we will be going into our rival service, revival services with... Well, we are rival to the devil, but, <laughs> but this is a revival service, and we will be, um, of course, Reverend, uh, Reverend Hurt. And I love this because as Pastor spoke today, Reverend Hurt calling some of us out, calling us to a new level, a higher level, was a great move, and I know we have more of that coming, so definitely spread the word to anyone that you know, especially our saints who have been here before, that you may work with, see at Walmart and all that, call them out and tell them we have a man of God in the city of Hinesville that's speaking the word, encouraging and strengthening and calling out. It's what the Lord needs, it's not his word, but it's the words of a mighty God, a heavenly Christ, hallelujah, that came and died for us, hallelujah. And uh, for all of our ladies today, uh, my ladies, we have a, a ladies section one ladies luncheon at 11.30 at, in Brunswick next week. So next Saturday, 11.30 a.m., we have a ladies luncheon. Now you have to make your online payment today or link up with Sister Rena Duvall if you need to register, all right? But it has to be done today. So the link closes today online by 4 p.m., all right, by 4 p.m. So you have a couple of uh, hour and three quarters. So make it, that clock is right. So make sure that you go online and do that right now if you're going to the ladies' luncheon. Make sure you sign up, all right? All right, well, we, as we all stand, if you could all please stand, we'll go ahead and pray over our offering. We are thankful to all of our visitors who come today. If we have any that are remaining here, um, you're definitely invited to go to our Meet the Team. Um, and that is in pastor's office as you're leaving. But um, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, for your powerful word that came forth today, Lord. We pray, Lord, that as we take these, Lord, and ingest your word, Lord Jesus, and, and consume it, Lord, that we taste, Lord, how good it is, Lord, and that it would affect, Lord, our heart like everything else that we take in, Lord. We pray, Lord, hallelujah, that you will watch over, Lord. Uh, Reverend Hurt and his family as they are here visiting. Let them enjoy themselves in their time. Let them receive good rest. 
And we pray, Lord, for our offering, Lord, as we give back, Lord, as you have blessed us rightfully, Lord, to earn and to receive. We want to give back with a cheerful heart. We thank you, we praise you, we plead your blood. And the congregation said, Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Go with God. Please do not forget the announcements. And shake hands with one or two brothers and sisters.